Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Thy Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. I want to ask you a question. Um, what are some ways that you would like to be a better person? Like, how would you like to be a better human being? How would you like to be better off? Like, more effective, more <clears throat> um, influential, more like a character trait you would like to improve on. Um, maybe you would like to be more patient with your children. Maybe you would like to be more influential in your workplace. Maybe you would like to um, be more organized, right? Like a lot of us look at the clutter and the mess that is around us. We wish we were more on top of things. Maybe you'd like to be more productive, like just more efficient in the work that you do. Maybe you would like to get more done in a day. Um, uh, that sounds nice to me, <laughs> you know? Like I wish, um, I think we all wish there were more hours in a day. Or that we know, and because we know there aren't more hours in a day, we always think, oh, I wish I could just be faster, like more efficient, more, um, yeah, more productive. Here's what I want to say to you. Paul's going to lay out a way for us to recognize how much better off we are than we think. So there's always like some element of our life that we think if we could just get it in order, if we could just improve in this area, like our life would be so much better, right? Like back to the organization thing, like if I could just get organized, if I could just have a day to like like lay out uh, my calendar, if I could just have a day to go through uh, my budget, if I could just have a day to like get caught up on cleaning or laundry or whatever it is, like we think we could, like life would be lovely or life would be so much better, right? Um, and I think what Paul's going to say to us in the text we're about to look at is that we're all so much better off than we think we are. Um, part of growth, I think, for Paul is not so much like fixing something in our life or improving ourselves in some tangible way, but it's recognizing what we already have. The ways in which we've been empowered and equipped, the ways in which we are already valued, the ways in which God has instilled us with power and, and purpose and the ability to grow and lead a fruitful and and, and wonderful life. Like we already have it. The problem is we don't see who we are. We don't see our value. We don't see what God has done in our lives. And we, and, and as a result, we live defeated. We live defeated lives. All right, let me read and I'll, I'll, I'll try to prove this to you again. You know what I do in these Bible thumb videos is I don't, I don't go verse by verse and just explain everything there is to explain in a text. But what I do is open up the Bible and try to bring some encouragement and try to leave you with something that, that, that is true to the text. Uh, and, but that most importantly, um, well, not most importantly to be true to the text is super important. Um, but that, you know, that leaves you with some encouragement. All right. So I'm going to read Romans six, starting in verse one. What should we say then? Paul writes, should we continue in sin that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You see how he's talking about identity? He says we can't continue in sin. Why? Because we are those who've died to sin. Um, and he says we've been baptized 
into the death of Christ. Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too may we walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Since a person who has died is freed from sin, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all, for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God, so you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Um, and do not offer parts of your body to sin as weapons for unrighteousness, but as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. All right, what's Paul after? Well, he's answering this question. I think that's probably come up in the church uh, at Rome, um, and it's this tension between Jews and Gentiles over the law, right? And there's this assumption, right? This is not this is this is not true of Judaism. Judaism was not a um, by the way, Judaism was not a religion of works, but there were people who interpreted it that way, right? And so Paul's been preaching and going on in this book about grace, being saved by grace, and it's revolutionary and it's radical because. Um, not, not Judaism, but almost every other worldview was built on this idea of like of works, right? That you appease the God or gods of the world by doing what they want you to do, by doing good deeds, by doing the things that the gods would call you to do. And here, um, and here, all along in Romans, Paul's been preaching grace. He's been saying, "No, salvation is a gift of God. There's nothing you can do to earn it or to be deserving of it." And so here he says, if, well, if we're saved by grace, and it's not by anything that we do, it's not by our effort, it's not by our, our um, good deeds, well, then should we just continue in sin and live whatever kind of lifestyle we want? And he says, no, because that's not who you are. You were baptized into Christ Jesus. You were buried with him in baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. You've been given new life. You've been raised with Jesus. You've been buried with him and raised with him. You're dead to sin. Sin no longer defines you, but you have a new resurrected purpose, a new resurrected um, identity. Verse 5, For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Our old self was crucified so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless. You see, God in Christ has made sin powerless over all who've trusted Jesus so that we may no longer be slaves to sin. <clears throat> now, if we die to Christ for our sake, we believe that we'll also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. Do you know that's true of you? Death no longer rules over you. For the death Jesus died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And that's you. So consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. You've been given new life. You've been given new purpose. So don't go back to the way things were before. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Don't offer the parts of your body to sin. 
Everything that you are, your whole body, all that you are, belongs to Jesus, belongs to God, and he's resurrecting it and making it new. So how does that change your perspective? Well, for one, all those things that you think would make you a better person, um, do they really? Like, check yourself and take a step back. Do those things that I think, if I could, if I could have time to do this, or if I could focus on that, or if I could be more productive, if I could be more organized, um, would that really make your life better? Would it really? Take a minute to consider that. Um, do you realize the gift that you have in Jesus? Do you realize the new identity he's made possible for you? Do you realize the hope he's made possible for you? Do you realize the ways he's resurrecting and renewing you? Do you see those things you'd like to improve in not as the key to life with God, um, but as possible now because of the new life you have in God. You don't need to get more organized. You don't need necessarily to get on top of things. You don't need um, to be, you know, you don't need. You don't even need to be more patient or more kind to to be loved by God. Here's the great thing about the gospel, is that God loves you just as you are right here, right now. He's not waiting for you to get more organized. He's not waiting for you to clean your act up. He's not waiting for you to show that you deserve His love. You already have His love, even though you don't deserve it. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And that love is not going away. It is yours. It is secured, and it changes everything about how you see yourself. It should change everything about how you see the world and your place in it. It should change everything about how you think about purpose and life and what it means to be human. Are you inviting Jesus to shape that narrative? Are you inviting Jesus to shape your story? Do you see the value you have simply by existing because you were made in the image of God and he sent his son to die for you? Do you see your value do you see it? Are you embracing it? Are you living it out? Um, I pray that you would. I pray that you would. Um, because when we see the value we have, we, we're prepared to walk in confidence and live lives of meaning and purpose and joy and ultimately lives that bring great glory to the God who loves us and made us for a relationship with himself. I hope this encourages you. We'll see you again next week for our next Bible film.